Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by Drip Shop Live. Shop live streams of sports cards from your favorite sellers right from your phone or computer. Giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving weekend, post-Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday weekend, Cyber Monday weekend, all that good stuff. You are listening to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTMing and cards and autographs and collecting and a whole lot more. This is season four, episode 47. Again, it is week, the November 26th weekend. And we are, uh, you're listening to Nationally Ranked Sports Card Podcast, hosted by me, Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm joined by my friend and co host, the YouTuber himself, Mr. Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here as always. Drew, why don't you let people know how they can find you on YouTube? Of course. Just go to youtube.com slash dfwgrapher. You can catch all the stuff I post up on there about uh, anything I get in the way of autographs, any uh, in-person, through the mail, all that kind of stuff. You can follow me on pretty much anywhere on social media. I am on Facebook, Instagram, Hive, Mastodon. I'm at dfwgrapher on all of those. Just signed up for those latter two this week. So if you're on there, follow me on those as well. You can find links to everything that I'm on at dfwgrapher.com. Follow him, guys. He does, he does great content. Make sure you follow him. Drew, why don't you let everyone know about our radio show? Of course. It's on Saturday and Sunday morning. Saturday's 10 a.m. Eastern. Sunday's 7 a.m. Eastern on the Sports Map Radio Network. You can uh, catch us on any of those stations in your area. If you don't have a station in your area, go and download their app. You can listen to it online. We are called Sports Collectors Club for that show, and you can catch us at sportscollectorsclub.com. Download any of our past episodes there as well. Thank you, Drew. We are uh, midst of the World Cup, and we're going to talk World Cup with Clemente Lisi uh, a little while later. But um, it's been a good World Cup so far. You know, I think I don't know if you watched the U.S. game, Drew, but uh, that was even though we tied, it felt like a loss, didn't it? It did. I mean, it's unfortunate that has been a typical U.S. effort. It seems. I mean, they go out there and come out guns blazing in the first half, and they just fall off and die off in the second half. That's what happened there. If, I mean, look at that goal that they gave up. It was number one, a ball that I thought should, I thought was out of bounds. It should have been a U.S. throw in. Instead, no, it goes the other way and gets a uh, Wales throw in leading right to a penalty in the box, penalty kick, and suddenly you've got a one, one game. So yeah, they just, I mean, they need to show up against England, which I mean, this is airing after that game, but uh, we're recording beforehand. So hopefully they showed up pretty well against England. And at the very least, they need to get a win against Iran on Tuesday. Yeah, we're recording this on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So uh, forgive us if if you're listening to this with stuff that already happened. You can see how bad our our, uh, predictions are with our football picks and stuff. But um, we, you know, hopefully hopefully it's a good game against England. I don't I'm not being too optimistic about that one, but they I think they should beat. Iran. I don't. I don't know if they. That's they're gonna have a tough, tough time with them. But uh, even that, I think they need. They're gonna need to school score some goals. Yeah, because I mean, that's the biggest down. thing. Yeah, it's it could come down to goal differential very easily for that second spot. And 
I mean, yeah, they pretty much have to take a look and see what, what does Wales do to Iran and just go past that even. Yeah, I agree. So hopefully you guys are enjoying the World Cup. We're going to have Clemente Lise on to talk about that later. I want to wish everyone, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and uh, you guys, your wives didn't uh, make you bankrupt from Black Friday and we got Cyber Monday coming up and, you know, all the holidays. So hopefully you get uh, some ho- some holiday gift ideas. We have a, a cool promotion that we're going to talk about a little later, holiday promotion, so that everyone can take part in. Uh, and I got I just got some uh, frames, cool frames from Michael's place. My wife picked them up the other day. So I've been uh, framing some stuff up, which is, which is always nice. Um, and then I've got, I'm, I'm actually meeting up with one of our listeners, Drew, on Friday. We're going to go out and go hit a, hit a, a local card store. We're going to go up to Sports World. He's never been to Sports World before. So we're going to check out Sports World and check that out. But guys, we have a great week this week. Uh, we have J.P. Cohen from Memory Lane Auction. They have their Fall Rarities 2022 premium auction. And they have all sorts of cool stuff in this auction that's going on through November 3rd. So we're going to talk to JP about um, the auction, about offering $2 million for the uh, Aaron Judge 62 home run ball that he offered. Uh, and we're going to talk to him about what's going on in the auction space and the hobby. So stick around for that. We, we, next week, we will have Wilma Briggs, who is the second all-time leading home run hitter in the girls, uh, women's American uh, girls, what it, all-American girls baseball league. There it is. There we go. They're from 1948 to 54, and she played for them, and she is the second all-time leading home run there. We're going to talk to Wilma next week. And, Drew, we have all our regular segments this week. Of course. We've got Baker's Dozen, where we'll cover all of the hobby news from the last week or so. We've got Corner Kicks with Clemente Lisi talking about some soccer collectibles and all the things that are going on with the World Cup right now. Fast Forward Football, where you can listen to and then ignore all of our football predictions that we make for the week. Got uh, five games we pick each week. Making the Grade, covering everything in the grading world in our hobby. Stamp of Approval, where Jeff and I give our two thumbs up to something from the previous week. Could be just about anything from anywhere. Vern Rap Minute, where we cover any deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, whatever uh, big name kind of uh, newsworthy events there. And of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here, our TTM returns. And guys, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a text. Our text line is 978 978- 729-0662. Don't worry if you don't have to rewind it to get it done. Get it. It's on our website, 978-729-0662. We love to get text, but more, more, we love to get emails. So Drew, why don't you give the email address out to everyone? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. That's right. It is. What is it, Drew? What's what is our it? email address? Oh, ttmcast at yahoo.com. There you go. You know, oh, do you know if you had me repeating it or if there was something I need to know that was coming up? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. You did good. You did good, my right. friend. Well, that wraps up all our introductions, and we're going to go right into Baker's Dozen next. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there's always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com.
Chris Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. I just want to remind everyone, check out my article on TTMing and autograph collecting in Sports Collectors Daily, sportscollectorsdaily.com. It gets posted usually uh, Monday or Tuesday morning, so check that out. Also, we have a winner, 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 winner of Clemente Lise's new book. The book is entitled The FIFA World Cup, A History of the Planet's Biggest Sporting Events. It's by Clemente Lise. His last name is Lise, L-I-S-I. The book is available anywhere books are sold, including Amazon. You can click on the link on our website. You can see it's 30% off the book. It's a really great book, The History of the World Cup. And the winner is? That would be Mr. Rob Parker from New York, big friend of our show there. And glad to see him win that one. So enjoy the book and we'll get it out to you. Yeah, congratulations, Rob. It's a signed copy of the book. I'll drop that out into the mail to you next week. So congratulations on that. Guys, we got a fun promotion that we're going to run through Christmas, all right? So through Christmas. We don't have a name for it, but we're going to, well, look, right now we're going to call it give a, give a Card, Get a Card for the Holidays. How's that, Drew? I like it. That works well. <laughs> it's a mouthful. All right. This is how it works. Get ready. Get a self-addressed stamped envelope, all right? Get two autographed cards. Doesn't matter who they are, the you know, what, what doubles they have, any ones that you want to. You think you want to trade with somebody? Get two autograph cards. Send both the cards to me. Mail them to me. Jeff Baker, 4 Littlewood Road, Wilmington, Mass, 01887. That's Jeff Baker, 4 Littlewood Road, Wilmington, Mass, 01887. Don't worry about it if you missed it. It's, I'm going to put it on our website. The self-addressed envelope, two cards. What's going to happen is you're going to, we're going to keep one card and send that off to signatures to soldiers to earn some money for wounded veterans. We take the second card and we're going to send that off to another collector. So you send the card, you're going to get one card uh, sent to you from another collector and one card is going to go to signatures to soldiers. Two autograph cards, one uh, self-addressed self -addressed stamped envelope. Send the whole packet to me, Jeff Baker, 4 Littlewood Road, Wilmington, Mass. 01887. You can do it as many times as you want. Don't worry about it. You want to do multiple cards? Do multiple cards. That, that's fine. Just as many self-addressed stamped envelopes as I get, that's how many you're going to get, how many cards you're getting. So just make sure you send out multiple self-addressed stamped envelopes if you're sending multiple cards. But if you have any extra cards you want to give out, send out to signatures for soldiers, that's awesome. We're going to run this through Christmas. So every week we'll, we'll promote it and we'll promote it on the website. We'll promote on social media, just a way, I don't know, it's just a way for uh, collectors to get a gift from another collector and also to help out the soldiers at Signatures for Soldiers. So it's a pretty, it's a, it's an interesting promotion. One of our listeners suggested it to me about a month ago, and I really think it's a, a fun promotion, uh, encompassing TTMing, autograph collecting, and um Getting the social network, you know, keep it, getting all our, our, our listeners together. So send out a couple cards if you want. Just make sure you're going to get as many cards as you send envelopes. All right. That's the way that's the way it's going to go. OK, I'm not putting three cards in one envelope. We're just going to one in one. And I will send out, out the cards as they come in. I'll try to match out the quality of the card in terms of, you know, if you if you get you send a hundred dollar card, I'll try to get get you as close to a hundred dollar card as I can. If you send a, a 25 cent card, then you're probably going to get a, a 25 cent type of card. So um, 
that will we'll, you know I'll, I'll hold them for a couple of weeks as they roll in and then as they come in I'll, I'll, we'll just send them off so uh, you know this is you can do this more than once just remember to include an extra card for signatures for soldiers did i explain it well enough drew i think that works pretty well yeah all right and well, i'm going to have a button on our web page that will uh explain it as well but please it's a it's a fun way to uh, help earn some money for a charity. We did so, you guys did so well with the Lampila family and getting cards and helping them out. And I think this is a nice way to get something to uh, as a collector and also help out. So um, make sure you check it out and give a card, get a card for the holidays, mail it to my house, and we will take care of the rest along with a self-addressed stamp envelope. So I was going to do this, but we, I guess we can do it quickly, all right? Um, yeah. Uh, what are you thankful for for the from the hobby? It's Thanksgiving. What, what are you thankful for? For me, the biggest thing, it's been the number of good collectors out there that are willing to help people out because it's very easy to have something that somebody needs and look to make a quick buck off of it if you can. And I mean, there's plenty of times where I've gone on a site and I've been like, oh, hey, yeah, I really need that card for a set. I'm, you know, ready to pay out 20 bucks for it. And sometimes once in a while you have somebody who says, oh, yeah, here, you need for a set. It's all yours. And they just send it to you straight for free. And I found a lot more people that are willing to do that in the hobby than the ones who are trying to jack up prices. So it's great to see that. And that's, I think, is the biggest thing I'm thankful for in the hobby. Yeah, I think we have great, uh, a lot of great collectors. I, I just put a list together quickly. I'm really thankful for the players that sign, right? They, they do it out of the goodness of their hearts. And, uh, you know, even the guys that, that are signing for, for a fee, I, I still don't mind that. So I'm thankful for that. I love social media. I love Twitter. I love Instagram. I, I'm thankful that we have uh, been able to build build a community you know it's mm -hmm. there's a lot of good people out there and that kind of goes back to that i'm also thankful for collectors.net i think it's a great site and i think it's a lot of in, uh, useful stuff there so i'm thankful for that i'm thankful for our sponsors right for helping us out from our friends at csg and, and for drip shop and all the other guys to see uh sgc that the i mean uh, uh diamond service grain dsg that was with us all the guys that, that have been sponsoring our show so i'm thankful for that and this is when you and I both love, right? Dollar boxes. Who yes. doesn't love dollar boxes at a show? Dollar boxes, quarter boxes, dime boxes. I'll spend hours at those things. Yeah. And I love Topps Heritage. I'm thankful for Topps Heritage. I'm a big, big fan of Topps Heritage. So, uh, uh, you know, it's all sorts of stuff. Obviously, I'm thankful for you, you and, and Clemente and Les and everyone that helps make this show great. And uh, it's just awesome. So, it's nice time to just stop and say thanks to everyone that, that's helped make the show and, and help our hobby, right? Absolutely. We'll get some auction news to report. Yeah, we got a, a new record for a Willie Mays game-worn jersey. Put up his uh, 1966 gamer, so from the San Francisco Giants that year, $456,000, the price tag on that one, which is amazing because, I mean, that's just a random you know, kind of middle year of Mays' career right there. It wasn't like his first year or his last year or like a year he set a huge record or anything. 1966 Gamer for 456000 Crazy. Well, I just want to congratulate Tim from Signatures for Soldiers. They've had their, he said his eighth anniversary. He's read, uh, earned over $200,000 to help wounded warriors, wounded veterans. Actually, $208,445 is where he's at. Congratulations, Tim for hitting your eighth anniversary. Well, Drew, we have some, the new Hall of Fame ballots out. There's a lot of new guys on the ballot, but we're gonna we're not gonna run down all these guys so we don't think they can get in. But there is a, there's a bunch of guys that are kind of borderline, and I thought it'd be fun to just take a quick look at the ballot and who we think getting in. 
the first guy is uh, that's a new guy is Carlos Beltran. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Beltran has the numbers, right? He he, might, he got caught up in this Houston Astros cheating scandal, and that might hurt him a little. Yeah. But I would I would definitely vote for him. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy with 400 career home runs, and as far as I know, he's never been associated with any kind of PED use or anything like that. And yeah, I mean, that whole Astros cheating thing is the only thing that really kind of got him at any point, and that's at the very end of his career. So would I vote for him? I probably still would, yeah. I, I think so, too. All right, a couple of guys that have been holdovers that that I think, what do you have to get, like 20% or something to, to stay on the ballot? I forget what the number is. And it used to be like five or ten percent or something like that. I think they may have raised the uh, raised the standards slightly. Yeah, I think so too. How okay? How about Scott Rowland for former third baseman for the Phillies? Would you vote him in? I think he gets in this year. I think he's the best remaining candidate out of anybody out there. I think so too. A couple other guys: Todd Helton, Todd Helton, Gr- first baseman for the Rockies. Yeah, great player, but I just oh man, I think he gets in eventually, but I don't think he gets in on yeah. this ballot. I don't I think, know. Yeah, I mean. He's a guy like Joey Votto, where they've both, you know, guys who put up some big numbers, but kind of done so somewhat under the radar just because of where they play. You know, Votto having played his entire career in Cincinnati, Helton having played his entire career in the launching pad there in uh, Colorado. But I think he does eventually. I don't think he gets in just quite yet, though. I agree. How about Billy Wagner, pitcher for, he was with the Astros, right? And uh, a couple other teams. He was a closer. He, he had some good numbers. He did. I tend to think closers are vastly overrated, though. So to me, I mean, I'm willing to put like the elite closer in the, you know, the Mariano Rivera's of the world, guys like that. Wagner's didn't quite get there for me. So I I, I, I would probably vote no, but no, no, but very close. So, yeah, I mean, Andrew Jones had a pretty good career with the, the Braves, but I, I, I just don't think he's going to get in. Yeah, I mean, big time. 450 career home runs is a great number right there. There's multiple gold gloves, but yeah, he just tailed off too much too late. And I don't know, for some reason, the Hall of Fame has vastly underrated center fielders. So Kenny Lofton, who was right up there with him, didn't even get picked for the uh, the most recent uh, committee ballot. So, yeah, if he doesn't even get on the ballot, then I don't think uh, Andrew Jones gets voted in. All right, well, let's run down these this other list. I don't think any of these guys are going to get in quickly, all right? All right. Mark Burley, Tory Hunter, Jeff Ken, Andy Pettit, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, and Omar Vestale. We got anyone in there? No, I mean, Sheffield, if he didn't get tied up in Balco, he would be in, but he got tied up in that, so he's going to get a no-go on that. Same thing with A-Rod and Manny. They've got the steroid stuff with them. Omar Vizquel would have been a borderline guy until those abuse allegations came out. Now he's pretty much radioactive for Hall of Fame stuff. And those other guys, borderline, but nothing that really sticks out to me. I agree. And how about the last two guys, the steroid guys, Alex uh, Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean... If they hadn't gotten involved in all the steroid stuff, and if they'd still put up all those numbers, then yeah, I think they're easily in. But Manny has multiple positive tests. A-Rod served a full year suspension over it. I don't think you can put them in. I agree. So the two guys, we got Beltran and, and Roland are pretty, only, pretty much the only guys that have a chance to think. Yeah, You're that's right? what I'm thinking. All right. All right. Let's talk a little World Cup. They had uh, 60 Minutes had a great uh, story on Panini stickers. That was neat. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but if you can check it out, check that out. Also, Leaf Trading Company, Trading Cards has a, a cool memorable moments cards. Yeah, if you go and check that out, memorable cup moments at leaftradingcards.com. You can pick those up, some autographed cards of some big names in the World Cup. Bukayo Saka, who had two goals in England's first game of the cup, $150 for his signed card. Hyung Min San, who is going to be one of the big players for South Korea, also a top player, I believe, with Tottenham, if I remember right, in the British Premier League. English Premier League, I should say, $160 on his card. 
Jordy Alba, $40. Memphis Depay, $80 for him. So if you're a soccer collector and you like autographs, go check those out at leaftradingcards.com. That's very cool. Also, just remind everyone, tickets go on sale for the National on Monday, November 28th. So make sure you check that out. November 28th, the National is in Chicago this year, uh, the end of July. Uh, tickets go on sale Monday, November 28th. Got some no- show news to let you guys know about. Philly shows coming up December 2nd through the 4th in Philly. Go to phillyshow.com. There's Boggs, Vic, Vladdy Sr., Keith Byers, a lot of guys signing. Make sure you check that out. Nashville Sports Spectacular is that same weekend. So if you're a little further south, go and check that out. The Nashville Fairgrounds, December 2nd through the 4th. Dennis Rodman, Dale Murphy, Pac-Man Jones, among the signers that are there. So if you're in Tennessee, check that show out. Following weekend in Maryville, Indiana, the DA Regional Sports Collectibles Show. Uh, Chelios, uh, Bob Lilly, Spud Webb, Oil Camp Boyd will all be there. December 10th through the 11th is the Maryville, Indiana DA Regional Sports Collectibles Show. We heard from our friends at Ludex uh, on a previous show here recently. They're going to have their own card show in Illinois, just outside Chicago at Rosemont. That's a December 10th. That's a Saturday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Jack Sanborn, Gary Matthews, and Billy White Shoes Johnson all going to be autographed guests there. They also have free parking and free admission. Guys, there's some new releases to let you know about. 2022 Topps Heritage Miners is out. 18 packs, eight cards per pack, two autographs. It's a 200-card base set. For $70, not bad for a uh, hobby box for 2022 Topps Heritage Minor League. Also got the uh, Topps Gilded Collection baseball set out there for some of the uh, higher-end collectors. You get one pack with five cards in it, but among those five, you're getting one gold frame autograph and one gold frame rookie auto. Price tag on that five-card pack, $450. Also due out next week, November 30th, is 2022 Bowman Chrome Baseball. 12 packs, five cards per pack. You get two autos in a hobby box, $275. It's kind of cool. 2022 Bowman Chrome Baseball, $275. Well, Drew, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. We have a lot, lot to cover there. Yeah. Next up, we're gonna have we're gonna hear from Clemente Lise to talk about World Cup in Corners Kicks coming up next. And now it's time for Corner Kicks with Clemente Lisi. Introducing Drip Shop Live, a live online marketplace of sports cards and products from your favorite sellers. Discover giveaways, auctions, breaks, personal boxes, singles, and more right from your phone or desktop. On Drip Shop Live, you'll find hundreds of sellers live all the time. Give Drip Shop Live a try. For a limited time, save $15 off your first purchase of $20 or more. Try finding another break or card box that's that affordable. And shipping is always free on Drip Shop Live. Go to dripshop.live slash invite slash TTM or find the link in our description to get this exclusive offer. Goal! All right, guys, it's time for a little soccer talk with our friend Clemente Lise. We are uh, deep into World Cup for one weekend, and we are talking to you guys on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. This is going to play on uh, Black Friday, so we're per- pretty up to date, and I just want to welcome Clemente. Hey, glad to have me back. Hey, uh, okay, World Cup. Let's talk World Cup first, all right? Yep. Um, what's the most surprising thing at the World Cup right now? Is it A, Argentina yeah. losing to Saudi Arabia? B, U.S. losing a tie game to Wales, or C, Budweiser can't sell beer? 
Wow. So first of all, I didn't know there would be a test, but um, this is tough. <laughs> no, I think I think you can go with a D, all of the above. But I do think that um, the biggest thing on the field that's a shocker is Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia. It it probably is in the top three biggest World Cup upsets of all time. Um, I got up at 5 a.m. Eastern time to watch that game uh, to see Messi and his team, you know, win like three or four zero. And this is the beauty of the World Cup. You know, the underdogs can win it, can win games. And in the second half, they did. And it was a really exciting game to watch for the neutrals. You know, for the Argentina fans, it was a disappointment. It should be noted that if you lose your opening game of the World Cup, the chance of getting to the final become much more uh, difficult. And the only country to ever win, lose their opener and then win the World Cup was Spain in 2010. So that's how rare it is for a country to lose their opening match and then end up lifting the trophy. So for all of us who picked Argentina, myself included, um, we're, we're gonna, we may suffer in the, in, the, in the World Cup pool as a result. The United States, look, 1-1 is tough. Wins at the World Cup are very difficult. The United States, it was a hard-fought game for those who watched it. It was very exciting. Yeah, that, Clemente, that was, even though they tied it, that was a loss. They had that game. They outplayed yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. They dominated the first half and they should have scored a second goal, which they couldn't get. And then, you know, Gareth Bale for Wales, you know, he plays for LAFC here in the United States, MLS. He's a player that with one touch of the ball can change it. He got himself a penalty kick. He scored the penalty kick with nine minutes left and, you know, they got the draw. Now now it, it sets up that England game. It's a much, much bigger game yep. than we even imagined. The US did, you, even did you think that was a penalty? I think it was. I think it was a clumsy challenge by Zimmerman. And, you know, that's where experience comes in. I think he he was afraid of getting beat. So he, he took the man down. And it's unfortunate. I mean, it, it's a penalty. There was contact there. Um, but like I said, it sets up the England game to be a lot bigger than, than we even thought. Um, they could get a draw there and then would have to pile on the goals against Iran. As you know, Iran lost to England six to two. That matters because goal differential is the first tiebreaker. If teams are tied on points, they look at the goal scored. So England wants to assure themselves of that. If England were to beat the United States, the U.S. would sort of still be in it, but England would definitely get over get over the hump. So, look, England is stacked. They're a great team. They have a lot of young talent. Um, we saw that against Iran. We saw it four years ago. They finished fourth at the World Cup. Uh, last year, they finished runners-up at the Euros. This is a very good team. But 1950, the United States beat England 1-0. We have to hope channel the ghosts of that of that team. And hopefully maybe, you know what? Look, uh, Saudi Arabia beat um, Argentina. Japan beat Germany. It's yeah, very I was going to ask you about that. That was kind of a surprise, right? Yeah, I mean, Germany's a team in transition, but the Germans are really great at soccer and have a, a huge tradition. That's a huge upset. So the fact that there's upsets happening makes me think that, you know, that bodes well for the United States. That gives the underdogs, the upstarts, a little bit more confidence going into the game for sure. You, you want to talk about the beer now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's talk about the beer. Were you surprised at that? Is that, uh, if you were Budweiser, would you have been looking for some type of sponsorship refund? Or, I mean, this is all kind of yeah, it goes to slap show in the you. face, no? Yeah, it goes to show you really how powerful um, the, the host nation Qatar is. You know, FIFA has a big control over the tournament. It seems to me that Qatar is taking control away from FIFA because Budweiser is a big sponsor. Budweiser did not make much of a fuss the big fuss really was a lot of the fans were saying you mean we can't buy beer inside the stadium or even in and around the stadium so they have to go to hotels miles away to try to get alcohol and you know it reminded me of uh, i collect my own beer glass collection i have from the, every world cup i've ever attended so i have the uh um south africa 2010 i have the brazil 2014 with the u.s flag on it, which is really cool. nice 
and I have the Russia 2018 one. And, and my fear is that getting a beer glass in Qatar will probably be extremely complicated or difficult. I might have to get a Budweiser Zero, which I hear is what they're selling there now. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, from a as an advertiser, if I was if I was Budweiser, I'd be looking for some type of refund from FIFA. And I mean, look at all the publicity they're getting, but. I don't know. You know, that's that, that's not what they're, they're getting, doing it for, right? They're getting publicity, but they're not selling any beer. <laughs> right. And you I know, mean, um, what are they going to do? They're going to give away all the, the beer to whoever wins. They're going to they're going to give it to that country. I think that's what they said. Right. Right. I mean, because all this beer came in and in Qatar, it's a Muslim nation and there's lots of rules regarding this. And but they had agreed to sell beer in the stadiums and then to pull the rug from under everyone two days before kickoff seemed just really like a power move. And that's what it really was. It goes beyond just beer. I think it's, it shows you a little bit of the power of the host nation, the internal fighting with FIFA and, you know, FIFA just took it. And then the FIFA president even got on two days later, the next day and said, you know, you'll live if you don't have beer for three hours, which is true. But Budweiser did spend a lot of money on, TV commercials on the field right. sponsorship. I'm sure millions, hundreds, tens of millions of dollars. Right. Absolutely. The way the way Budweiser can make up some of that money is there's beer being sold around the world, obviously, because people are watching in bars and all over the place. And that it wouldn't surprise me if FIFA cuts Budweiser a break at some other tournament down the road where um, drinking will be allowed. So it, it, it's an ongoing story. I'm sure it will continue to be a talking point throughout the tournament. You're going to be going to Qatar in a couple of weeks. Did they give you a, a do's and don'ts when you're in Qatar in terms of things to watch out for? Or no, I haven't gotten any do's and don'ts, but we, we, we've seen some of, you know, and whenever I've been to a foreign country, I always try to respect the laws of that country, obviously. I, I don't bring my American laws with me. Um, but there's been some issues that are, that are disturbing around the human rights in terms of, you know, the, the migrants who built the stadiums and the death toll around that. And then there's been a lot of protests or at least the players and some of the members of the media have been trying to protest sort of the treatment Qatar has had of human, the human rights record. And, you know, FIFA has pretty much squashed that. The players have not been able to do any kind of on the field protesting, which doesn't surprise me given the, given that they don't want to uh, uh, offend the host nation. Um, but I don't have a do's and don'ts. I've done a lot of reading and research. I always do a lot of reading and research yeah. to any country because I know that I'm, I'm in a foreign place. When I was in Russia four years ago, I was very cognizant of the fact that you know, I'm in a foreign country and when you're working as a journalist or working as a writer in a place that you're not, you know, is not your home, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, under some pressure potentially. Nothing happened in Russia. It was a really great climate, but you have to be aware of when you're traveling and you're, and you're reporting on things that, um, that you're respectful at least. But I think it's important for journalists to go there because it's important to report on the truth and what's happening. Um, because as you know, at the Olympics, the World Cup is more than just a soccer event. It's a huge a global cultural phenomenon. So. Yep. Have uh, any players uh, seen their their stock rise, so to speak, in the last week? Anyone that, that's kind of uh, come to the forefront in from a collectible standpoint? Yeah, it's funny. It's been more, you know, because there's been so many upsets, or a few of them anyway, by countries that don't have star players, those players are hard to emerge. What we've seen is players' stock go down. And so what we saw on the eve of the tournament is a lot of players were injured. So Karim Benzema, who's probably the best player in the world right now, um, he had to pull out of the French team on the eve of the tournament because he, he hurt himself. Sadio Mane of Senegal, the second best player uh, of the year this past year, uh, played for Liverpool and plays at Bayern Munich. He injured himself. We thought he was going to go on the, to the, with the team. He traveled there and then he had to pull out. So these are players whose values would have gone up big time and they haven't. 
uh, Lionel Messi's values are good, but they're not going to do well if Argentina loses right. the game and crashes out. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is another player. He hasn't played at the World Cup yet. His values may go up, but his contract got terminated at Manchester United just the other day on the eve of Portugal's first game. So you see all these superstar players are seeing their stocks drop. Um, my hope is that the U.S. can can get out of the group and then see the play, U.S. players' values go up because truth is soccer is global, but the trading card market is really pushed by the North American yep. uh, buyers and sellers, and they're the ones pushing the market more than in Europe. So it, it, it remains to be seen. I would buy Erling Holland, and you say, well, who's that? Well, Erling Holland is plays for Norway. He's not at the World Cup. He plays for Manchester City. His stock has gone up over the last few months. He scored so many goals. He's actually not playing here because he's so dormant. I would buy him because he's not going up or down. It's like buying a quarterback who's injured or maybe is inactive. And then this way, when the season comes back after the World Cup, his values will increase. And then maybe Norway can reach the World Cup in four years. He was only a rookie two years ago, three years ago. So I would go where people aren't going. And I would buy those cards. And I would definitely buy U.S. player cards. I have a few that I got out of the Panini Prism box that I was very happy with. So Yeah, I was going to ask you, how would you do on the Prism box? Did your daughter enjoy opening the box? And yeah, so we, we you, you would have killed us if you saw us, uh, Jeff. We, we basically opened like two or three packs a day, every day, oh. for a few days. I know. <laughs> well, we thought it was I can't fun. do that. <laughs> we thought it was fun. And, you know, the autograph we got wasn't great. And that's always sort of the case. But I did pull a parallel um, a red parallel, uh, number two, I think it's 399 of Brendan Aronson, who plays for the United States, which okay, is nice. He's my daughter's favorite player. And she recognized him. We were doing the slow roll and she recognized him from his haircut. I, I pulled a Cristiano Ronaldo base card. I mean, oh, cool. So when you can pull base of good players, because I want to get the base set. The truth is most of these cards will probably be two or $3, but the Ronaldo one will be 10 or 15. So if you're going to go to a show and try to buy, finish your set, you know, it's easier to do it that way. I mentioned last time the team badges are, are yeah. sought after. I ended up with two team badges. One was Australia. That was okay. The other one was the United States. I was oh, very, that's awesome. Very happy with that one. Do you and think then, you got your money's worth? Because what are the boxes going for? About 400 bucks, right? The box is going for about 430 on yeah. the website, but I've seen it on other sites for 550, 600. I think now the World Cup has started. People are marking it up because they want to hit the bump. And I think people are buying it. I'm looking for blasters, which should be about $35. Yeah, yeah. That, that's more, that's a little more my speed. Yeah, I might go for the blasters because you get a lot of base cards and some parallels. I also pulled a, a, a sort of another set within Prism called Scores Club, and I ended up getting a messy card. So I was, oh, happy. that's cool. Did yeah. you know? So do you think you got your $400, $430 worth in the box? You know what? I would say no. I think I did not. Um, I got a few parallels, but a lot of players are sort of somewhere in the middle. I'm hoping now that maybe they do have, they have a good World Cup or their nation has a good World Cup and they go up a little bit and maybe I can sell, trade them for the cards I actually want. Um, but when you're going for the base set, you know, I'm not really chasing uh, the values quite yet. I think it's a little early in the World Cup yet. I think every team has to play about two games first before we can really see. I'll give you an example. Argentina loses to Mexico or they draw and they're basically on the brink of elimination. No one's buying Messi. I mean, right. they're buying Messi long-term because he's a superstar, but at this world cup, his stock is, is done. So right. we have to still, still wait and see. It's kind of an interesting time. If you can get your hands on a prism box, I would before it goes up even more. I think it will go up even more, especially by the time the final rolls around December 18th. So if I can get yourself a box for Thanksgiving or, 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 or next week, 
and, and open it, you know, and open it with during the games. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we were, uh, I, we, I was at Walmart and they had plenty of stickers. There were a lot of albums, a lot of stickers. So there are out there. I haven't seen any prison boxes in the wild yet. Yeah. Or, or any uh blaster boxes i want to but i want to interject there on the stickers yes all the places i've been have seen a restock of the albums and the stickers you know the albums were gone for like two months now they're all back i'm about 100 cards short i want to point out to your listeners that if they get a chance to go back and listen to 60 minutes on cbs on sunday yeah actually profiled they, they did a whole piece on panini stickers for the world cup and it was amazing and they interviewed this italian guy who's the biggest collector in the world of stickers he has half a million stickers yeah, did you see the he he has sheets of stickers under his uh his table? So you saw it, Jeff. Yeah, my favorite part was you know, he remembers the first sticker he ever got, and they asked him, you know, it's like your first girlfriend. He goes, No, her I don't remember. So <laughs> that, was, that was you know, I, I think it showed the passion people have for, for the sport, but also for the stickers. So if you get yourself the stickers, they're much cheaper and a lot more fun, a lot more kid friendly. So definitely get yourself a box. I mean, I have a Walgreens near me and they're restocked, and it it, ta it takes everything I have not to go in there with an excuse to buy milk just to buy another few packs of stickers um if i do that my wife will kill me i think i so. know that that's very funny uh, you know i sent you the link uh, leaf has these new autograph cards they're exclusive what do they call them memorable memorable moment uh cards they're all they're autographed they go for what about 150 dollars to i think 40 or 50 dollars for the different cards did you take a look at it and do you think there's some buys in there yeah, I was taking a look at them. They have a select group of players. None of the names really stuck out to me, but I think even for 50 or $60 a card, it's worth it. You know, the great thing about the national team jerseys is that you don't have to worry about sponsorships or team logos, you know, that, that, that they got over, you know, Leaf, by the way, you know, we don't talk about Leaf as much as we should. Leaf has always put out some really nice soccer products over the years. I have a lot of Leaf cards, a lot of, they do a lot of nice autographs and they're able to get on card autos, sticker autos, all that stuff. I think they're a good buy. I would definitely go to the Leaf website and look around there or even go on eBay and look at old Leaf stuff. Um, Leaf has done a lot of stuff in the past with uh, Pele and other players. And I think the Leaf products are nice. Um, they don't hold the value, I think, that that you know the panini ones do and panini is also doing something similar i got an email the other day they're doing basically doing their version of game dated moments from the world cup okay those cards don't hold value really it's like tops yeah now. it's kind of like those tops now cards right right they don't hold a lot of value but if you had you know if, if you're like a big fan of saudi arabia and, and they have a picture of that saudi arabian goal the two to one goal and they have the player in motion scoring that goal you might want that card or you might want all the cards because you want to put them in the album and remember the world cup and that way it's kind of like a, a real-time sticker album only it's cards and you can do it that way you can just do it over the mail with them I'm probably not going to buy any um, because I'm extending myself too much with the stickers and the, and the prism anyway. Um, you know, everyone has a budget here, but I, I I would look at these two products, both Leaf and both the Panini website, especially over Black Friday. They have a lot of Black Friday deals on there, I think. You know, it's worth, you know, you have to go out and spend money anyway during the holidays. You might as well buy yourself something too, so. Yeah, I was looking at this Jordy, uh, Jordy Alba card. It's only $40. Is he yeah. it? Is he? Is he a player? Or yeah, he's a, he... yeah, he's a promising player. And, you know, I think for 40, I, I was looking at some of the prices. And I thought, you know, $40, $50 is not terrible. Um, and at the, at the very least, I think you can resell it for the same price. So in that sense, it may be worth uh, going after some of the players that, you know, you might like, or even players on national teams you like, like Spain or, or, or the Netherlands or Uruguay or whatever. They have a lot of those mid mid-tier teams that may break out so that it's, it's all also worth looking at 
Well, guys, Clemente Lise is author of a great book. It's called, a brand new book. It's called The FIFA World Cup. It's been out for about a month now. It's a history of the planet's biggest sporting events. Clemente, we picked a winner. His name is Robert Parker. He's one of our listeners, the dedicated listeners, and he is the winner of your book. So thank you for donating uh, by the way, a copy of the book. And thank you for, for doing the drawing. And by the way, it is signed. So Oh, thank you. Yeah. So we, we killed two birds with one stone. We saved them some postage. Awesome. Thank you. So we'll be sending that out to Robert next week. And I want to thank you guys. Check it out on anywhere books are sold. But if you go to our website, ttmcast.com, and you click on the link, it'll take you to a link where you can save 30% off the copy, the price of the book. And it is, again, it's called the FIFA World Cup, a history of the planet's biggest sporting event. Uh, it's Clemente Lisi. L-I-S-I -I is how you spell his last name. If, if you're in Amazon or any of the, anywhere books are sold, just check it out. It's really a great book. It's a it's a very it's an educational book in terms of giving you a refresher of the history of the World Cup. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know about. He covers a lot of the the controversies of the World Cup and how teams get picked and don't get picked and, and the political uh, goings on behind the scene the scenes. And it's really a, a really a well researched book and it's well written book. So I highly recommend it and I, I thank you for donating it and as I, I uh, finally finished reading it I think last week so good job and, and it, it is well worth the time uh Clemente we're we're uh we're a week into the World Cup we have uh, I'm going to ask you for a prediction uh you'd be giving this up kind of after uh, you know we'll be play we'll play this after but how do you think uh, U.S. will do against England on Friday Look, I hope they can win the game. It would be huge if they do, but I think it'll be a, one of these hard-fought 1-1 games again, and then that means the final game against Iran will be for all the marbles. So that'll be... I think there's more more edge of your seat action waiting waiting for us. And unfortunately, I was extremely nervous before the Wales game. If they come out as strong as they did against Wales in the first half, then I think they can even win the game. Yeah, they played fantastic. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if they got tired or they got conservative with a one one nil lead, or what happened? It was, it's kind of like in hockey, right? You know, when the guy when the 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 team works so hard, 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 they score the goal and they're winning one nothing, and then then they all kind of just start being defensive, right? Yeah, in soccer, one nothing or two nothing lead could be the most dangerous because teams then tend to become more defensive. I think they actually got tired in the second half of all that running around, and Wales yeah. were able to capitalize on that. And look, they got lucky at the end; they got a penalty kick. If not for that penalty kick, this would be a one-zero game. So, um, but that's yeah. And he just missed it. The the goalie just missed it. Yeah, and Matt Turner actually put a, had touched it, but the it was so much pace and power on that ball that. No one could have stopped it, but I mean, no. the goalies hit, the, hit his fingers, so he guessed right. Um, and Matt Turner, who's a, a fantastic goalie, I think he'll he'll have another great game against England for sure. All right, so what do we have to look for other than the, the U.S. England game? Are there any of the games that we should be looking forward uh, next week? Yeah, the big one I think is is going to be looking forward. Forward is going to be even if the U.S. loses, is this U.S. Iran game? That third game is 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 a big game because if the U.S. wins that game, depending on how the results are that may get them through. Argentina-Mexico was a huge game because of Argentina needs to win. Argentina now is basically playing the knockout stage now. If yep. they lose to Mexico, that, that third game means nothing and they're eliminated, which is would be one of the biggest disappointments ever at a World Cup. So I think those are the two games you really need to focus on. I have a lot of Mexican friends, a lot of Mexican fans in this country, a lot of passion around that. So depending where you are, I think you're going to be hearing a lot of noise around that game because 
you know, and can Messi and his team really bounce back psychologically and, and win that game? It will remain to be seen. The other big game I see next week is Germany, Spain. That's what I was going to ask you. Is Germany on, on their last leg? Are they holding they on? Are. They are. They need to win, right? They need to win that game. So now they're, but they're up against another big European powerhouse. It's a big rivalry there. So that those are the, the big games I see going forward um, in the next few days anyway. Great. Well, thank you, Clemente. I want to wish you a great Thanksgiving. And hopefully we can talk uh, again next week and uh, we'll have two weeks to, uh, worth of games in, in our in uh, our hands to talk about. And uh, hopefully you'll pick up some more Panini cards for you and you'll get closer on your sticker yeah. set. And I, I, don't, I know when we were talking, guys, when we were talking to Clemente before we started recording, Clemente's got like seven screens going and he's watching all these games. <laughs> and he's yeah, he's got it on his phone. He's got it on his TV. He's got he's got his, uh, his headphones on, listening to on the radio. He's got seven games going at once. So he, I'm, he talking, is, I'm talking to you and with one eye, I'm looking at another screen. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it, my friend. All right. We will, you, you have a great holiday and we will talk next week. You as well. Drew, I don't know if anyone knows as much about the world cup as Clemente. He's got his, his uh, finger on the pulse of what's going on. He, uh, he has like, uh, yeah, his T, his TV, his radio, his phone. He's got seven seven screens going on at once. He's really following it. So it's nice to uh, hear from Clemente. We will have him on again next week. Time for what, Drew? That would be fast forward football. Fast. Time to hit that button. Fast forward football, guys. Drew and I making our picks right now. Hit fast forward right now forward football guys we are not good that's the best way to describe it drew and i are not good Oof. well last week i went two and three drew drew went two and through three we are now standing at uh me i got three wins three drew has five wins and we have three ties so we're not doing very good but we picked up we got five guy games to pick this week why don't you go first we got tampa bay buccaneers at the cleveland browns the cleveland browns are getting three who do you like the fact that Tampa Bay is only a three-point favorite, this is surprising to me. I have to go with Tampa Bay. I just – Browns may have home field, but I don't think it really helps them that much. All right, I'm going to take the Bucs as well just because I don't think Cleveland has a shot in heck. All right, we got the Ravens at the Jaguars. The Jaguars are plus three and a half. I'm going to take the Ravens. Who do you like, Drew? I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to go with the Jaguars on this one. I think uh, maybe we can – maybe the Jaguars will have something come up here with uh, – What's his name? Trevor Lawrence there. Maybe he'll have a big game. I don't really know. I'll just take the Jags on this one. All right. We have the Rams at the Kansas City Chiefs giving 15 and a half points. Kansas City's giving 15. What do you like? Good Lord. 15. I mean, that's that makes it hard. But the way Kansas City has played, I think I got to go with them. I mean, Rams have been banged up pretty well. I got to go with KC. I think they can they can cover that. All right. I'll take the Rams. All right. All right. We have the Green Bay Packers at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is Ebbing six and a half points. I will take Philly. Who do you like? I was leaning toward Philly as well on that one. I just don't think, I mean, Green Bay is just so unpredictable at this point. All right. Lastly, I think this is a Monday night game. We have Pittsburgh at the Colts. The Colts are giving three and a half points. Um, it's your pick on this one, my friend. All right. I think I'm going to go. I just, I hate picking Pittsburgh just because I hate them that much. So uh, let's go with the Colts. I'll take them. All right. I'll take Pittsburgh. teams that really don't have a quarterback right yeah exactly it's i mean yeah that's uh 
kind of a toss up there, but I hate the Steelers. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are done with fast forward football. Next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Well, Making the Grade is a summary of what's been kind of going on in the grading community. A little quiet this week in grading because of the holiday, I think. Uh, CSG, just want to remind everyone, has extended their sale through the end of the year. 20% off all grading services. Go to csgcards.com. Got some numbers in from PSA this week. Um, over a quarter million cards graded over the last seven days. 258,764 cards getting slabbed at their at their buildings around California. Last 30 days, approaching a million. 951,566 cards last 30 days. Breakdown by sport among the big three sports. Baseball, 45,500 cards. Football, 41,000. Basketball, 39,000. So kind of a, not too wide of a spread right there among those three. Yeah, a lot of cards still getting graded. Well, that Mac, uh, wraps up making the grade. Next up, ETMcast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Why don't you go first? All right. Well, I'm going to stick to sports on my stamp of approval for this week after going food on a few previous ones. But a big shout out to Kale McCarr, defenseman of the Colorado Avalanche. I've mentioned him a lot in the uh, stamp of approval before, but he's pretty much become my wife's favorite player here in the uh, current NHL. So, uh, <laughs> yep, there you go. He just uh, he hit, uh, hit 200 Thanks, career points. <laughs> He hit uh, 200 career points now in his career and is the fastest defenseman ever to reach that mark. I mean, just think about how many great scoring defensemen there have been out there. Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, Brian Leach, Sergei Zubov. Zubov was the previous record holder. He hit 200 points in 205 games. Makar, 200 points in 171 games, I think it was. It's just, I mean, kind of a ridiculous number right there. So big congratulations to him on hitting that. And he is the stamp of approval this week. And he's a UMass boy as well. Yes, he is. <laughs> well, my stamp approval goes to my wife's dressing, uh, stuffing. We've got Thanksgiving, and uh, we always look forward to her stuffing. And it's just, it's just something that, that that's great. She has, uh, I think, her it's her dad's secret recipe, ah. uh, and it is, it, it's good. I know. What's your favorite thing for Thanksgiving? I'm usually a fan of stuffing and of uh, green bean casserole. I can go nuts on both of those things, and a yeah, good well, pecan pie as well. We're looking forward to Thanksgiving, and I just want to give my stamp of approval to my wife's stuffing and thank her for making that up. Uh, that wraps up stamp of approval. Next up is Burn Rap Minute. Well, the Vern Rapp Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rapp, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. We do this as a service to our fellow TTMers to let them know who passed away in the world of sports and celebrity, uh, so they're not embarrassed by sending out a TTM request. Uh, we lost Eric Nimmons, and Eric Nimmons was a Negro leaguer. He played first baseman outfield for the Indianapolis Col Clowns, the Philadelphia Stars, and the Kansas City Monarchs. He actually roomed with Hank Aaron in 1952. Uh, he was 92 years old. Uh, we lost pitcher Dave Hillman this week. Hillman was a uh, member of the Cubs, Red Sox, Reds, and Mets from 1955 to 1962. So about an eight-year career right there. 
21 and 37 record there with those teams, but he was up until this week, he was the oldest living member of the Mets and the Reds both. So uh, excellent TTMer as well. I got him on a couple of occasions. He, uh, I think his wife was sending out notes recently that he's starting to lose his vision. So uh, autograph signing was kind of, uh, kind of getting wrapped up a bit for him at that point there, but he was 95 years old. We lost Dwight Turner. Dwight was a running back. He went, uh, played for the Redskins in 1986, but he went to Cal, and he was one of the five people that lateraled the ball against Stanford in that uh, play known as the play when the, the Stanford band ran out on the field, Drew. Uh, he was one of the five people that touched the ball. Uh, Dwight Gardner was 58 years old. Uh, we also lost Tom Stinsich this week. Stinsich was a linebacker for the University of Michigan, later played in the NFL from 1969 to 73 with the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints, member of the Super Bowl VI winning Cowboys team. He was 75 years old. We lost Ron Watts. Ron Watts went to Wake Forest. He was a guard. He played 1965-66 uh, season with the Celtics. He was a world champion with them. That was the last of their eight consecutive world championships. Uh, and Ron Watts was 79 years old. That's lost actor Mickey Coon this week. He was the last surviving credited uh, actor in uh, Gone with the Wind. Played uh, the role of Bo Wilkes at the age of six only. Uh, Mickey Coon was 90 years old. Well, that wraps up Vern Rap Minute. Next up, we're going to talk a little uh, returns, CTM returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. Well, Drew, you did pretty good this week, and I did as well. Why don't you run down your returns? Yeah, I got a five total in this week, and uh, I'll be able to show them to you, Jeff, here on the thing here, but... First was, uh, I mentioned three of them on uh, Saturday that I was getting them in. And I said, you know, we've got a short week next week. I'll go ahead and delay those, though. So you get to hear about those. And first off is this one right there. Gail Goodrich's nice. rookie card. Got that one back with the uh, Hall of Fame year. Added personalization there as well. I'm okay with that, though. But I mentioned I picked up the card unsigned on eBay for like $8 because of that little mark that's up on there. Yeah, you can't really even see it. Yeah, I did. Uh, I put a, I took a white eraser over to help uh, help it disappear a little bit there further. But yeah, I mean, it's a very light pen mark there. Not bad pickup right there. Um, also, several former Cleveland Browns players from the uh, 60s through the 90s got Bob DeMarco and Ben Davis. Each of them signed a card and a, a custom index card that I created. Very cool. Got a uh, Stephen Braggs, who was a defensive back in the late 80s and early 90s. Interesting one there. He signed two of them in blue Sharpie. They got smeared a little bit. Then signed two of them in black pen and personalized one of those two in the pen. So I don't know, not sure why or anything, but hey, it turned <laughs> out all right. I'll take it. And the last one was Ernie Green, who was a uh, running back for the Browns back in the late 60s or so. And he signed the, uh, I think it's a 1966 Philadelphia card right there. Nice. So there you go, five this week. And uh, hopefully I have some more coming in uh, over the weekend. Very cool. Thank you. I had a pretty good week. I got uh, back a lot of cards that I had purchased at the Shriners Auditorium show a couple weeks ago. So they're mm -hmm. starting to roll in. I got Art Kushner, who was a catcher for the uh, Angels, and he was a coach for the Oakland A's. He signed his rookie card. That one took a couple weeks. I got uh, Ben Pichon on a 1976 uh, card. He, he signed his name and his number. And this was a uh, inaugural Seattle Seahawks card. So nice. he, I got that. I got Ken Ospermonte. On a 1961 uh, Topps card, L.A. Angels, I think. that might, Was that their first year? 61 was the Angels' first year? Yeah, I believe so. I think so, too. So uh, he signed that in a couple weeks. I got Merv Rettman on a 1972 Topps card. Uh, that was pretty cool. I got uh, Rod Perry on an 83 
Topps football card. He signed a blue Sharpie. I got Camilio Pasquale, who's a pitcher for a bunch of teams, including the Minnesota Twins, on his 65 Topps card. I got Lyle Blackwood, who was a guest of our show. I got him on his uh, 1976 Topps, the inaugural uh, Seattle Seahawks card. And he sent me a 1979 Lyle uh card when he played on the Colts. He signed his, his name with a Bible verse. I got Gerald Wilhite was a running back for the uh, Denver Broncos on a 83 and 86 top card. And I got Dan Pastorini who played for the uh, Houston Oilers, but he's on the Raiders here. I think this might have been his last card, 1980 Tops card. He signed that, and not that took a uh, a couple of weeks. So that one took maybe took like three weeks. All of them were were like ten days to two weeks. So pretty good returns. I didn't send anything out this week. I usually don't like to send out on a holiday week. So we I got I got a lot out there. So very happy with that. And um, you know we'll we'll get some more out. It's pretty pretty good returns. Make sure you check out my article in sportsclubthisdaily.com and you can see all the the successes that that i have so that wraps up for returns we're going to go right into our ttm cast interview next this week's interview is brought to you by certified sports guarantee csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading well drew i had the pleasure of talking to jp cohen jp is president of memory lane inc and we talked to him about his Ball Rarities 2022 premium auction that's going on through December 3rd. We also talked to him about offering $2 million for the Aaron Judge 62 home run ball and what's been going on in the auction community. So please enjoy my interview with J.P. Cohen. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. CSG has graded one of the most iconic sports cards, a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card recently received a CSG 8, which is valued at $2 million. More and more collectors are trusting their prize collectibles with CSG. CSG has extended its 20% off discount through the end of the year to give collectors a chance to experience its low fees, fast turnaround times, and crystal clear holders. Head to csgcards.com. Welcoming back to the program is J.P. Cohen. J.P. is president of Memory Lane, Inc. They are a leader in vintage sports cards and memorabilia. They're an auction house. And we're going to talk to J.P. about their fall rarities premium auction, which is going on from the 12th of November into ending December 3rd. And we're going to talk about all the cool stuff that they have. But first, we're going to talk a little hobby with them. Okay, J.P.? You got it. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. My first question, J.P., $2 million for a baseball <laughs> yeah you know i i uh it's it, it it was meant to get attention it was meant to be a what we felt a a offer that would have been accepted uh unfortunately at this point it, it, it wasn't and um the offer was uh, presented on behalf of one of our high-end clients that is a huge yankee fan and his intention was to of course own a piece of history but share it you know put it on display hopefully at the Yankees Museum Cooperstown and uh, you know let the 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 sports world uh, or the the hobby in general enjoy seeing a piece of history so we had a plan for it a marketing plan and still might come into play more than likely not based on um the expectations of the the gentleman that caught the ball, you know, of, of recent, uh, he's made a decision to let it go to auction with one of our competitors and has expectations of a lot more money than we offered. And uh, 
I wish them the best of luck. I, I think uh, the offer we made was beyond uh, uh, what it's worth, in my opinion. But you know, it's an opinion. You know, everybody, had, you know, it's all, you know, uh, to the uh, to the person that wants to to own it, uh, what it's worth. So we'll see what happens at the end of the month. You know, maybe uh, you know, maybe my client uh, will get it at a better price than what he offered, and if not, uh, we'll be able to talk about uh, what it brought. So it's pretty exciting times for a piece like that. We're of course talking about the Aaron Judge's 62 home run ball. Uh, JP and his client offered it uh, prior to hit, him hitting the 62. So, so we didn't know who was going to catch it or where where it was going to end up. It could have ended up in the bullpen. We, you guys didn't know. And uh, you know, a, a private citizen up in uh, Toronto, uh, Texas. I mean, caught it right. He was yeah, he did. It was, it was a big buzz because it was like you said. Um, at least three or four days prior to yeah. the record happening when we all anticipated it was going to happen. So we thought, let's throw it out there. Let's get the buzz going. And if you recall, if you watched the video of the gentleman catching it, there was another guy that was so anxious. Of course, I think anybody would be anxious to get 2 million, 2 million bucks thrown at him to jump off the rail of the second level into I the know. <laughs> risk his life and bones and everything else. But you know, I'm glad no one got hurt. And, and uh, you know, the one thing I kind of wish would have happened was somebody that really could have used the money, you know, would have caught it. And I'm not saying the gentleman that caught it can't use the money, but, you know, it sounds like he's pretty well off or has a pretty good career and, and, and good for him. I mean, he caught it. It is what it is. But but at the end of the day, it would have been nice if it would have been really life changing for somebody that was just at the game and the thing landed in his hands, you know, or her hands. So being that said, it is what it is. It's, it's exciting. We'll see at the end of the month, what it brings. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll put some bids in on it. Uh, I just know that we're not going to what their expectations is. So best of luck to them if they do get to that level, you know? Yeah. I saw it. I think he got an offer for 3 million and he, he passed it down. He passed it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe. You know, it is hard to believe. Hard to believe someone would pay three million. Um, I'm not saying it's not true. Um, it's also hard to believe that someone wouldn't accept three million. I know. I kind of feel it's hard to believe someone didn't accept two million. But um, hey, listen, he caught it. It's his. He can do whatever he wants with it. And uh, I hope he doesn't regret not taking that three million um, or two million. So uh, we'll see. You know, it's it's. It's fun, and it was an exciting season to see Aaron Judge uh, perform the way he did. I mean, that is an accomplishment, and uh, uh, it's good for baseball, and I'm sure it's also good for the collecting hobby. Do you think we've hit kind of the the, the peak so far in, in the market? And I'm not saying that it won't go up later, but in terms of um, you know hitting these record-breaking prices uh, of things realized in auctions and sales, uh, do you think we've kind of hit that peak and, and it's going to kind of flat, flat plateau off a little now? I think we're, we're seeing a little bit of a correction in many parts of our hobby. However, you know, Memory Lane, my company, we specialize in more of a vintage, rare, unique pieces of memorabilia cards, things like that, stuff that doesn't really surface as much. You know, it's all supply and demand, just like anything else. I always try to explain to people, it's like owning a house on the water. You know, yep. they're very far and few. And you go inland and there's plenty of houses you can get, but 
everybody wants that one on the water. So uh, that seems to always appreciate the most and get record prices. And it's the same thing with collectibles. I find that real rare, unique pieces of collectibles, memorabilia cards that come up that rarely ever come up, always usually set new records or new levels of value. And that's because the demand is so strong. And the demographic for that type of stuff are people that have, I don't want to say unlimited resources, but they are very well to do. And if they want something, they're going to spend it no matter what the economy is, what's going on in the world. You know, the nice thing about the hobby is it's an enjoyment factor for a lot of people. It's not just about money. It's not just about um, uh, return on their investment. It's about the pride of ownership, wanting yeah. something. It's their hobby. It's their passion. Maybe they're building a 52 top set or doing a Mickey Mantle run or, or whatever it may be that drives their interest in the hobby. That's what drives these record prices, especially when an item is so rare that it just never, ever surfaces. It's kind of like goes with this collection that we're auctioning right now, which is all these Mantle cards in high grade. Yeah, you could get a 51 Bowman Mantle in any grade up to eight at any given time for the most part. But we're now auctioning a nine that hasn't even come to a public auction in five plus years. So when a card like that or a piece of memorabilia like that that's rarely ever seen offered, it brings out the guys with the resources to uh, set a new level of value. And we see it time and time again. Every one of our auctions always has unique items uh, showcased and for the most part, I would say 95% of the time, all those unique items that never come to uh, auction on a regular basis realize a, a record price. Even in a economy that's bad or a bad market, even like 2008 when the housing market and everything was mm -hmm. a problem, our business still got record prices and still did well. Now, answer your question, and I'm sorry to be so long-winded here, the run-of-the-mill cards, you know, a, a 51 Bowman Mantle and a, maybe a five or a four or a six, uh, does that get affected by a bad economy? Sure, because the supply is there. There's so many of them. Um, do I ever see that vintage stuff really crashing? I've never seen it. I've been doing this 25 years as a dealer and as a collector my whole life. And that rare, unique, and even stuff that exists from the vintage side, the, the old stuff, uh, there's enough audience and enough interest to keep the value at a level. Do we see a little bit like a five, 10% adjustment in some of this stuff that, yeah, but the real high end stuff that you rarely ever see tends to hold strong. And there's, and, and why is that is because the people that own the examples out there, like we talked about the 51 Bowman Mantle in a nine in my auction, the people that own that card, there's, there's, I think 11 examples of it. There's also a 10 out there you could call them and offer them a blank check for their example. They won't right. sell it. You know, and I use that as an example. I've, I've had customers that I've sold something. I'm using 10 grand. I sold them this item for 10 grand today. The next day I called them and said, I'll give you 50 grand for it. They have no interest. It's not about money. It's about owning. Right. Cause they have the emotional attachment to it. That's, that, right. that's what's different about our hobby is uh, as opposed to a stock or a commodity. That's correct. You know, we're, it's just money, you know, when you're dealing in stocks or commodities and things like that, where this, there's enjoyment of ownership, pride of ownership. It's part of their collecting hobby, what they do. 
money is not the first thing they think about. And that's always the challenge for my business model is to get the stuff to sell because the hands that own this, the real rare stuff are so strong and it's not about money. One guy once said to me, JP, look, I'm flattered that you're offering me so much more money than my <laughs> items probably worth. However, what am I going to do with the money? It's just going to visit more money that I have. And it's a little cocky and it's a little, you know, but it's true. Right. He doesn't want, he wants the item. He wants to own it. He enjoys it. You know, there's so many factors that keeps this stuff so strong. And one example I always tell people that come into the hobby that are collecting, you know, try to buy the best you can possibly buy. Instead of buying five cards, save up and buy the rarest of, of buy one card. Okay. If that's the focus you're having is you want to buy something that's going to hold its value long-term Try to buy the best you can possibly afford. And history is at least proven for the 25 years I've been doing this, that you got a good chance. It's going to be, it's going to, you're going to do well. Um, sure. So, you know, it's, it's great. It's fun that I'm in this hobby. It's fun that I, I sell baseball cards. And it also helps that, that this has been such a, you know, a strong audience of collectors that, um, you know, people don't call you and go, I can't believe I lost a fortune on my card collection. I've never <laughs> experienced that. I'd hate to be a stockbroker, you know, especially in today's times, you know, one day uh, Apple stocks at this and then it lost 30% or whatever it may be. So, you know, uh, it's it's a lot of fun doing what I do, especially when, you know, collectors call you and they're, they see the value of their stuff going up and they're enjoying what they're collecting. They talk about their childhood with their, their dad or their parents going to ball games. And I remember seeing... Sandy Koufax pitch or whatever it may be. This is their enjoyment. And when you call them up on the phone, it's it's funny. They'll, they'll take my call before they take anyone else's call. Because <laughs> you're talking their language, their enjoyment. This is their fulfillment, you know? So um, it's a great hobby we're all in and, and, and you know, looking forward to uh, it continuing to grow the way it has, you know? Yep, we're speaking with J.P. Cohen. J.P. is president of Memory Lane, Inc. They're the leader in vintage sports cards and memorabilia. They have a fall rarities premium, premium auction that's going on until December 3rd. Uh, it's getting closed at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to talk to, about stuff that's being auctioned, but uh, just one other question, J.P., and then we'll start talking about the auction. Um, has is the mantle, the recent mantle sale has that kind of opened the floodgates of some vintage stuff that had kind of been sitting there either people had it had it in private uh, collections or didn't even realize they had it maybe they inherited it and it was just sitting there and then all of a sudden it's like people just said hey wait a minute i might have something valuable here well as i you know kind of goes with what i was just explaining to you here you have a 52 tops mantle card in mint condition that brings 12 million dollars 12 million dollars i know i still can't believe it it's amazing, you know, because I've been fortunate to sell a lot of the PSA nines uh, in the last 20 years. I've actually sold five of, of the six that exist at one given time uh, or at one time or another. Being that said, it's been so long since I've sold one that it was 2005, 2006 when I sold most of them. The most I ever got from one was $250,000. Okay. It ranged from 125 to 250 in that two-year gap where I sold four of them. Being that said, here you fast forward, what, 17 years, 18 years, and that card's a $12 million card. Um, you would think all of a sudden the phones would be ringing. I have one. I have something I want to sell. 
I don't even get offers PSA eights of 52. Really? So it kind of goes with what I was saying is that, you know, it fuels these collectors to one pound their chest that I own that it's pride of ownership. And two money's not always what's driven. Now, I'm not saying people don't sell and cash in. Eventually we all have to sell. We're just, we're just uh, we're caretakers. We're <laughs> caretakers of this stuff. So, um, you know, I, I would, I'd like to believe that, you know, we get people that see those record prices and they call us and they'd say, okay, I think it's time for me to sell. We do get that, but it's not, the floodgates are not opening. Okay. Uh, if anything, it's probably making people uh, appreciate what they own a little more and hold it a little tighter. Uh, just, you know, once again, knowing that they have something special, uh, you know, there's, there's six PSA nines. There's a couple of, 52 mantles and nines in SGC holders. There's three PSA 10s that exist out there. You know, if a 10 was to come to market, that's a $25 million plus car, you know? Yeah. But the guys that own it, it's not the money. So um, that's great, you know? And all that does is drive that lower grades items uh, to more of a demand as well because people can't get the nines and tens not to mention the price would take to get one of those. No, and, I know. Uh, so, you know, it's it's interesting, but it has given uh, confidence when you see a car go for $12 million. It gives confidence in the hobby. It gives people, it gets people excited about collecting and, and spending more money. And, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, you know, number one, people need something to, to, to smile about, enjoy. And I think collecting brings that to collectors. Um, but it also gives them the confidence that it's a, you know, that the market is, is good, it's strong, and uh, they buy more collectibles. You know, it's just, I also find when we have a bad stock market, people seem to gravitate towards tangibles and cards are definitely in that uh, category. You know? you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's much uh, more fun to own a 52 Mantle than it is to own a crypto or uh, yeah. you know, IBM or whatever, Apple stock. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a great conversation piece. You know, I you get so many people that aren't hobbyists that call you and they know about the 52 Mantle. They know about the Onus Wagner card, you know. So uh, people, you know, uh, can relate. And, you know, baseball is definitely America's pastime. So there's always conversation. So it's, it's interesting times. And, yes, that $12 million sale was something that definitely uh, helped the hobby. It it, 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 I'm sure will, will continue to um, be talked about and allow people to, to realize that, uh, you know, it, cards are a place to put their money and, and to feel confident about it, you know. Sure. We're speaking with J.P. Cohen. J.P. is president of Memory Lane, Inc. They're the leading auctioner, the leader of vintage sports cards and memorabilia. They have an awesome auction going on right now. It's called the Ball Rarities Premium Auction, and they are premium cards. They have uh, 15 Mickey Mantles. They're all high-grade Mickey Mantles. Just, we're going to talk about a few of them soon. There is 41 1933 Hall of Fame Gowdies, 24 1933 DeLongs, which are beautiful cards, and 96 1934 Gowdies. Uh, JP, just putting this collection together, was this all one collection, or was this a conglomerate of, of, of many cards that you guys have brought in and, and put together this outstanding auction? So in this catalog, we actually produce this catalog just um, trying to do something as a year-end splash. 
we have our normal size auction, which is about 450 pages that'll take place in January. So as soon as we're done with this auction, we will um, have another catalog that will go out. However, this auction is the the best of the best. It, it's yeah, I mean, just looking that, through the catalog, the, the, the quality of the cards are unbelievable. Yeah, it's one of these auctions that, I, you know, I hope I will be able to repeat or do better one day, but more than likely not. It's just one of these one time in my career and memory lane's career to put on a 100 page catalog with the most amazing cards. So. Um, this collection is uh, a few different consigners that we kind of brought together to put together this one catalog and actually have the catalog in front of me. So it's a it's a catalog that has 15 high grade, some of the best manual cards in existence that rarely ever come up. Uh, that collector is from one collection. Uh, took the last 10 plus years to put this collection together and took pride in buying the best he could possibly buy. Uh, the 51 mantle leads the charge, you know, which I'm holding in my wow. hand. We estimate <laughs> this to be a $4 million plus card, and it's spectacular. I mean, when you look at this card, and I hope that your audience goes online and takes a look at it closely, it, it walks and talks the grade. It's beautiful. It's it's just one of the best cards I've been uh, privileged to. to Guys, JP, JP's holding up a 1951 Bowman PSA 9. That is immaculate it is pristine, pristine. It, it, you could you couldn't open a pack of cards today and get a card that looks that great that's how right, that's right. how nice this card is and it's this is you know listen i grading is subjective and i've handled a lot of the over the years doing this so long a lot of the eights the nines i actually sold the 10 ones compare this card to any other nine that you can google out there JP, i looked at it I'm like how goes. the heck is that not a 10 it's, you it's know spectacular. what I mean? You look at it, it's flawless. It, it really is. And it it's one of these cards that uh, we've actually brought it to shows this last month. We've been doing a couple of uh, trade shows and people just are in wow when they see it. So I hope um, your audience does take the time to come on the website. You can also register for auction and get one of our, our catalogs, which are really cool just to have. Even if you're not a player in a card like this, there's a lot of other great cards in this auction that range from you know a few hundred dollars all the way up to hopefully four million for the uh for the 51 mantle and do you guys think that's going to get hit four million well you know when you kind of compare it it is his true rookie card and when you compare it to the 52 nine that uh i think two tops nine going for 12 and why not i mean this card has not surfaced in over five years uh eight seem to bring that five hundred thousand dollar range uh, a nine, which is so rare and unique, it, it definitely wouldn't surprise me if it goes way past four million. So we'll see. Right now, I think it's close to two million already. And the yeah, what is it? One point six six, I think, is I plus just the, checked plus this the buyers plus the buyers fee. Yeah. So when you take that all into account, it's still early. We got about almost two weeks left in the auction. People uh, are just getting their catalogs and starting to bid. So we're excited. I mean, I, I hope. Uh, uh, we uh, we know we're going to break records because there hasn't been one in five years, but we we definitely uh, hope that we do a similar uh, record price uh, to the 52 man. I don't expect it to bring 12 million, but I definitely expect it uh, to do north of four. So we'll, guys, we'll have to see. Guys, some of the cards that are in uh, this auction, again, this is going to be the Fall Rarities Premium Auction. It started on the 12th of November. It goes till December 
3rd uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern. It closes. You can go to memorylaneinc.com to see everything and can see where, where all the current bids are. But he's got a 1952 Bowman PSA 9 mantle. It's a 19... 53 tops PSA 8.5 mantle. There's a 1933 Gaudi Ruth that is beautiful PSA 8. There's a 1933 uh, Lou Gehrig PSA 8. There's uh, these DeLong cards, which I didn't even know about. They're the, they're the, they must be the beautiful, most beautiful cards I've ever seen. So this set is probably the best set in the hobby. Um, and it has the highest graded examples. There's nines in there, there's eights. The Gehrig, which I'm holding right now, is an eight. It's uh, so nice. Can, can tell me a little back background on that? I wasn't familiar with that. I'm not, you know, pre-war. I, I, it's not it, not my strongest suit. What? what uh, well, DeLong DeLong uh, was an East Coast company. They sold gum. You know, in the early '30s, that's where the gum came into play. Okay. The Gowdy Gum Company, and DeLong was also, uh, you know, one of the first people to put out playing cards with gum in it. And these are really cool because they got the stadium in the background. And they got yeah, they're so pretty. They're, four, they're the, four color. They're just really nice cards. The, the color, you know, the time they put into these are, are amazing because their their goal was just to sell gum. They weren't selling cards. The cards were just in addition to the, the bubble gum. So this is extremely rare when you compare this to any other Dowdy issue uh, or, or 30s cards. The DeLongs don't come really in high grade. Usually you see them in real low grade. This is a PSA 8 Garrett. In addition, in this auction, we're selling a bunch of Hall of Fame 33 Gaudis, which include all four variations of the Ruth card in eights. That's like here's here's the most one of the most famous ones, the batting pose. In yep, eight. that one's the, the one where he's batting, guys. That that that's a, a great a card. Con, that's an iconic con, card. It's an image that Conlin, the famous photographer, took and they used for the card. There's also three other issues, you know, the yellow Ruth, the red Ruth, the green Ruth. They're all in there in eights. We also have the, the famous Lajaway card uh, that wasn't issued in 1933 in a PSA 9. That's in the auction. So we have the best of the best in this auction catalog. Then you focus, you know, you, you, the, the final set that we're selling is a 34 Gowdy set. We're breaking it card by card. Has both Gehrig's um, in eights. One's in eight five. Uh, in the, the 33 Gowdy, we also have the uh, going back to the 33 Gowdy, we have one of the famous Gehrig images as well. Yeah, the the so, Gehrig batting card, which is all in high grade, eights and eight and a halfs. And, and in some cases, there's cards in there in nine. So uh, it's a spectacular uh, array of cards, uh, Hall of Famers from the Gowdy set, complete 34 Gowdy set that we're breaking, complete 33 DeLong set, pretty much in eights or better that we're breaking card by card. And then, of course, the mantle collection is the, the anchor to the whole thing. All pretty much all nines, 15 nines, actually 14 nines. The 53 tops looks like a nine. It's an eight five. Spectacular collection. You know, people will talk about that collection being auctioned off for years to come. It just like I said before, to be able to have a collection of cards in one catalog like this is a once in a business lifetime. So. We're excited. We're 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 getting a lot of uh, positive uh, bidding and a lot of people calling in and new registered uh, collectors. So uh, it's a lot of fun to 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 see uh, history being made in our hobby with these uh, amazing cards. We're speaking with J.P. Cohen. J.P. is president of Memory Lane Inc. They have a fall rarities premium auction going on till December third. You can go to their website 
memorylaneinc.com. You see all the cards. There's everything from, you know, there's going to be a $4 million card all the way. There's, there's cards that go for hundreds, hundreds of dollars as well. They have uh, 15 Mickey Mantles. They're all high grade, as JP said. Uh, for nine, there's one 8.5, but it looks beautiful. There's 41 1933 Hall of Fame Gaudis. There is 24 1933 DeLongs, which are, might be the nicest looking cards that I've ever seen. 96 1934 Gaudi cards. These are all high-end, great-looking cards. The the collection is ma not matched anywhere, JP. I don't think there's a the nice of a collection that I've seen in any catalog ever as compared to the, this this auction, my friend. Yeah, no, you know we've been very fortunate to do three, four auctions a year, and we we kind of pride ourselves on real high-quality items. But to have an arrayment uh, array of cards. Uh, in one catalog like this. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope I'll have another opportunity in the future, but this this is a, a special time for us uh, as, as an auction house. Yeah, I mean, the quality of the cards, the quantity of cards, the grading of the cards, is, it's it's phenomenal. Do you have a, a favorite mental card out of the 15 that, that are up for auction? Is there one card that, that you personally like? Well, I like the early Bowmans, you know, there's- I uh, love the 53 color. I love that 53 color. So the 53 color Bowman is also, you know, an amazing card. Uh, yeah. It's the first time they they did photos for, for cards. And I know, and it looks like it could have been taken with the digital camera today. That's how clean, yeah, clean it's and crisp that is. And this one's mint. Um, you know, Guys, you, you're not seeing it. JP is holding up all these cards. That I'm just jealous. I'm, I'm green with envy that he has all these cards sitting on his desk. <laughs> yeah, everything's sitting right here. I love the 56. I think it's really cool seeing you know, man will jump there. And of course that's his, uh, you know, triple crown year. And, and to see this horizontal card, it's just spectacular. And then of course, you know, my favorites are all the earlier, the earlier cards, uh, you know, the art renderings, you know, from 52 Bowman, of course the 51 did Bowman. Ever, did, did somebody sell that 53 mantle painting? I remember that being up for auction a while ago. Am I correct? That is correct. So the 53 Mantle and 53 Maze was recent. The 53 Maze was recently sold in an auction and went for close to 300,000, the artwork. Yeah. Um, both of those renderings were owned for 30, 40 years by the Marriott family. And they actually, I think, had them on display at one of their Marriott uh, hotels um, when they weren't really worth a ton of money, but they were cool to see. Um, but yes. Uh, the 53 Maze just recently sold in the last month, I think close to 300,000 just for the art, you know, being this, this big. So yeah, uh, pre pretty cool uh, um, uh, piece of history, you know, you know, how they did the cards and someone actually had to do the art rendering and, and then they went to print of a card, but, but the, the detail, you know, on these cards are just unbelievable. The, the, the face color, the tones, the, you know, and they were like I said, they're selling bubble gum. That's what this was all about. I know they're they're selling five cent bubble gum, and, and they're putting these pieces of art in there that 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 they didn't. I mean, just you know, like all the little details, the trees, and and you know, so yeah. To answer your question, I love the early fifties Bowman's because the art and the early fifties tops cards. Um, those are some of my favorite mantle cards. Of course, I would probably give up anything to own this card but uh you know, <laughs> I, did, yeah, I did own this you have, card you have to eat still <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, many, many years ago I did own it, but now it's in a whole nother like, you know, level of uh, collector. But these are, you know, these are great. And the Gaudis are the same thing. When you look at the art rendering and the detail to Babe Ruth, you know, on this card. I Once again, I encourage your, your audience uh, in, in the fan base to go to our website, even if they're not buyers or bidders on this, just enjoy looking at these cards and the condition, how they survived this 70 to 100 years. I know, in pristine condition. condition. In pristine condition. Guys, go to memorylaneinc.com. Check out their catalog. It's the Fall Rarities Premium Auction. It comes up right when you come on their website. The cards are beautiful. I know, you know, obviously we're not going to be bidding $4 million for a card, but there are cards there that you could bid hundreds of dollars for. And, you know, just to own a 1933 DeLong, it doesn't even matter who it is. The, the cards are fabulous. The Gaudis, the 33 and 34 Gaudis are, are just great, pristine condition. Check it out. It's memorylaneinc.com. The auction is going until December 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And again, he has this 15 Mickey Mantles. The, the cards are just incredible. Uh, JP and his team have done a fantastic job putting this auction together. And uh, you're not going to see a, a group of cards this good in this condition. I don't think ever again in one place. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those situations where we were fortunate to, to get these consignments from these collectors and that the passion behind these consigners to build the best of the best um, really shows. You know, you look at these 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 mantle cards, they're just not run-of-the-mill mantle cards. The, the, the collector took the time to find the best he can possibly buy, uh, buy and get and build this collection, uh, which took 10 plus years to do. And that also goes for the 33 Gaudis, the Hall of Fame cards and the 34 Gaudi. That's a complete set in eights or better. That's not easy to do. You could give me a blank checkbook on most of the cases of, of the stuff in this auction and say, go find them for me. And it, I could not duplicate what I have here in a short period of time. It would take me probably 10 plus years as well. So oh, I, I, know. I, I applaud our collector consigners for the accomplishment of what they've done. And we're very fortunate to be able to, to now pass the baton to the new collectors. And like you said, there's, in, there's cards that are, you know, three, four, $500 on up to fit any budget. So I do encourage anybody that really wants to own a piece of quality and, and, and uh, historical um, importance to, to maybe consider uh, uh, making a run at one of these cards for their own collection. So um, go to our website. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great investment. It's a great piece, own a piece of history because that's what these cards have become. They're, they're a piece of history. Follow, um, JP and Memory Lane on social media. They're on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, if Twitter's still going after we we call we drop this call. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, they're all they're all over uh, social media, Memory Lane Inc. You can go to their website, memorylaneinc.com. JP Cohen is president of uh, Memory Lane Inc. They have a fall rarities premium auction that's going until december 3rd make sure you check that out jp just can you give us a little preview of what of what you guys got in store for january i know you said you had a, a january auction coming up uh is there any anything special that, that's going to kind of head the auction <clears throat> well you know that's our normal three four month catalog so it has a little bit of everything from uh unique items we have a highlight section that'll have the 1903 world series program to an amazing signed babe ruth ball to some iconic cards like a mid-grade 52 tops mantle, 
to uh, a Jordan rookie in a 10. And then we have amazing photos of iconic type one original photos. One of the uh, highlights is the Gehrig lucky man speech day. We have one of those amazing photos uh, from that day. We have a huge section of unopened material, which has become very popular in the hobby where people are buying unopened boxes and packs. Yeah, that, and that's what I love. I love the, the old vintage unopened stuff. We have a ton of it in this one. So definitely keep an eye out for that. We'll launch our preview on our catalog as soon as this auction's over, probably mid-December. Um, memorabilia, lots of different autograph pieces, a huge array of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig autograph pieces in this auction. So. Uh, this catalog that comes after this premium one that we're doing will have just about anything that uh, anybody could want. If they're a collector of photos or memorabilia or cards, mid-grade, low-grade, we have sets. We have um, uh, unique items, uh, non-sports. You know, we have an amazing non-sports section if you're just uh, into like Mars Attacks or Horrors of War or things like that. So sure. Uh, register for our auction we'll send you a catalog or just go online and visit our website where you can see a virtual catalog now that auction will not be uh put up on the site until after the premium is one is over so we're focusing our efforts on this premium one and uh we're excited about uh the results for this one and then we'll roll into the next one outstanding well, jp i wish you luck again it's the fall rarities premium auction memorylaneinc.com that goes bidding goes until the uh, 7 p.m on december 3rd again there's 15 high grade mickey minnows they're all 9.0 and there's one 8.5 1953 53 tops there are 41 1933 hall of fame there's nine, uh, 24 1933 DeLongs. There is 96 1934 Gaudis. These guys, guys, this, check it out. Go to memorylaneinc.com. You can register. Uh, they'll send you the catalog. It is a beautiful catalog, by the way, JP. You guys did a great thank job. You. I want to thank for your, your time today. I wish you, you luck in this auction. And I'm sure we'll talk to you uh, next month when you have the January one out. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to uh, revisit that with you. And thanks for having me on. All right, let's four, four million we're looking for for the 1951. That's mantle, our right? goal. We're shooting for that plus some. So, you know, we'll we'll be uh, excited to get to December 3rd and see the final results. All right, fingers crossed. I wish you luck. You have a great holiday and we'll be talking with you. You as well. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you. Drew, we had a short week this week, but we got another one in the books. We do indeed. Yeah, I'm still found stuff to fill in all the time. I know we have a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to thank JP Cohen for joining us from uh, uh, Memory Lane. Make sure you check out his auction. I want to thank uh, Clemente Lise for joining us and talking World Cup. Next week, we'll have Wilma Briggs uh, from the All-American Girls Baseball League, and we'll hear from Les Wolf. Uh, Drew, have a great uh, holiday with your family. Yep. And anything else before I let you go? Um, no, just uh, I actually do want to mention real quick, if you check out my website, dfwgraffer.com, you know, I mentioned that I got back that Gail Goodrich autograph rookie card. I have finally gotten around to adding all of the uh, scans and photos of my autograph rookie cards on there. So if you ever want to see what I've got on those, go and check it out. You'll find it under the sets tab on the page there, dfwgraffer.com. All right, cool. Well, guys, everyone have a great week. We'll see you next week. Wishing everyone many happy returns. Thanks for listening.